Hi guys, welcome back to the Business and Remote Work podcast brought to you by Wishup. I'm your host Crispino and today we are joined by one of our favorite clients at Wishup, Jason Ellinger. Jason is a professional filmmaker helping non-profit organizations achieve their goals through the power of video. So welcome to the show Jason. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. So how long has it been Jason that you've been working with Wishup? Ah, uh, man, it's been probably been uh, about a year it, yeah almost a year i think almost uh, a year on a year yeah that is a long time yeah we uh it was there was a lot of tasks that were getting undone there's a lot of help that i needed but i wasn't quite ready yeah. for that next employee at the time um, yeah. or the next employee and a va came probably about the same time so started expanding beyond my capabilities coming out of the pandemic again um uh So, yeah, it was time to expand. That's amazing, yeah. Uh, I've spoken to Seda and he said that he loves working with you and you've made him feel like a family member uh at Beard and Bowler. So, thank you for that. Yeah, you know what that's that's one of the tips that um I got when I was bringing them on, just like make them feel a part of the team, make them feel like they're uh uh they're one of the guys. So, all the team meetings he's at, we even invited him to the Christmas party. So, uh He joined oh, nice. like 6 p.m. Eastern, so <laughs> maybe yeah, 6 p.m. So he joined us probably like four in the morning. He's just like asleep. Like I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, good to have him. He was the life of the party. We'll say that. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's amazing to have clients like you on board. So that's what keeps us motivated and you know wanting to excel. And uh, I'm sure it motivates Siddharth as well to do the job that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. So, Jason, to begin with, can you start off uh, by telling us a bit about yourself, your background, and your organization, Beard and Bowler? Yeah, uh, Beard and Bowler, um, commercial filmmaker. We help nonprofits raise funds and awareness through the power of storytelling via video. And um, we we just kind of market to the nonprofit audience, and in doing that, it kind of attracts just the level and the quality of our work kind of attracts the right type of for-profit client. Um, So, like, we have an agency now, and uh, it's they, they represent big pharma company, but it's not like mm-hmm. one that's dealing with with a lot of opioids. It's they're the anti-opioid, so they have a nerve blocker, and it's just like it kind of matches our ethos still, even in the corporate arena. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, those are the those are the types of people that we work with, nonprofit, and and particular about our for-profit clients that we take on, but um, we do work in partnership with with both. Um, and uh, my my background i started a video company in 07 and uh, just mm-hmm. in time for that recession uh then and i launched with what was then considered a luxury item uh just in time yeah. just in time for that recession so that was a fun few years to navigate but um fast forward i was getting married um i had uh I needed a bit more stability maybe some benefits because you know those are hard mm-hmm. to come by when you're self employed and um i uh I took on a day job with the news and I was a hard news photojournalist. So um I saw a lot of the underbelly of New Jersey, New York, Long Island. Um mm-hmm. and uh every day I had the 4 a.m. to noon shift. So uh, every day I was fires, shootings, stabbings, murders and that was like what can I do that's going to make a difference in the world? Mm. And uh I guess long story short is that we found that within the walls of nonprofits 
um, mm -hmm. that we could we could tell that story, particularly the ones that are doing galas or events, raising like six figures or more. Those were a good good people for us to work with because they could cost justify it with the event expense, mm -hmm. but then also make their investment back. They stood a really good chance of making their investment back or doubling it that night because yeah. they have they already have the money in the room. If they're touched by a video, they may be able to dig deeper and then continue to use it for a fundraising tool with their board, with their uh, uh, director of development. That's the big win for us, making sure that they're successful and they get like a big ROI on, on their yeah. investment. In is that is that what you put up in your LinkedIn status? I read it over there. Uh, we hit our revenue goal within three minutes of showing your video. <laughs> yes. That was, was that uh, one of these events? That was on one of these events. That was a big hospital in uh, Connecticut and uh, yeah. they, they uh, had a thousand of Connecticut's most well-to-do people, and uh, they mm -hmm. did a gala, and it was this was pre-COVID, and um, they did probably. Um, uh, I I didn't find this out till like a few months later. I didn't even think to ask, but I was like, wait, how did it go? How long mm -hmm. did it take? Did you hit your revenue goal? I knew that, but she's like, yeah. legit three minutes after the end of the video, whoa, we hit the goal, and then we just exceeded it the rest of the night, and. Uh, that was one example. Another one went from they were raising five, six hundred uh, K in one night and they went mm -hmm. up to one point one million the following year. They broke records, got an article written about them in their newspaper when they had the video that we produced uh, uh, for them that night. And uh, it really does make a difference. We had five people. It was, it was like 11 ish minutes long. I'm like, no one's going to watch this this short film, basically. And yeah. uh, after each person's mm -hmm. section was done talking about how this organization had helped them through their different programs, they went and they silently stood up on the stage. So after the video ended with that power statement faded out to logo, lights, house lights faded up, mm. all five of the people you just went on this emotional journey with were standing there in front of the, the audience. And it was, mm -hmm. it was like chill city, right? Oh. <laughs> and I, those are the, the kind of things like, and there wasn't even like, come on down give 10 bucks it was just like they they they, they were silent they appeared and it was just mm -hmm. that's all you needed you really don't need much more when you you move somebody to the emotional point that they need to open up to to give to invest to buy you know it's people give mm -hmm. with their hearts they buy with their hearts and then post rationalize later with their heads so that was the trick man that that really worked well yeah so uh, how do you come up with these videos, Jason? Like, where do you get the inspiration or the ideas or the creativity to come up with these uh, inspiring videos that actually can resonate with the kind of audience that you want to touch? Yeah, you know, it's uh, we, we first get on a pre-production or, or um, discovery call with the client. And uh, a lot of times, especially in nonprofits, they're like, we want this. And it needs to be mm. this long and it needs to be this many board members and this, that and the other. And we say, well, let's ask you some questions first. What's yeah. the goal? What would be the win for the video? Is it to fundraise or is it to attract new board members? Because if it's a, mm. to attract new board members, okay, we'll talk to some board members. But if it's the fundraise, mm. tell, us, tell us a story of how you help someone get from point A to point B. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through things like that. And then we'll ask some more questions like who's the target audience? Those are all things that are relevant. And just like if you go to a doctor, you're not going to be like, yeah, I need some of this stuff over here. You, 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 write me some stronger Tylenol or whatever. Like, you're not, you don't go to the doctor and say that. You go to the doctor yeah. and uh, you tell him your ailments, you tell him what's wrong. And he says, let me make a recommendation based upon what I heard after he asks some follow-up questions. 
Um, so I think that's the main difference between us and, and GWCs. We call them guys with cameras who just, you know, show up and like, what do you want me to shoot? You know, like, what are yeah. we, you got some questions for me? Like, no, we handle all of that, all of the pre-production. We tell you who to find. And then a lot of it doesn't change. A lot of the questions, if, if I had 10 questions to ask every person this year, I would get 10 completely different stories um, from, mm. from everybody. It's just a matter of, of how you pull it out. Most of our talent is real people. So I don't, we don't script things. We don't say, say mm. this or say this. And, you know, maybe when there's an authority voice in the video, we'll say, oh, could you replace this word with the parent organization's name? Like, maybe that's like, it's the extent of our coaching, just so they're on brand, right? But like, everything else is just like, from my news background, asking the same question six different times till it hits the mm. story element that you need to, to yeah. tell a successful story. So there's no real, no real crafting, so to speak. It's just how do we make this person comfortable enough to tell us the true story and then put that in the right order that's going to hold the tension to the end and and hold the audience's um, mm. gaze until the end. So that's that's yeah. All right, awesome. So how did you get into nonprofits in particular? I think that's like the focus area for your company. So why only nonprofits? Um, it's it's always important to pick a niche, especially in, in so I used to be like someone would be like, Oh, who do you want to who do you want to work for? Who do you want to do work for? And I'd be like, ah, people yeah. that need video. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and that was my answer. <laughs> yeah. And then I met with a sales guy and a sales trainer and he's like, uh, you know who you could introduce me to? I want to be introduced to business owners who own their own business, have 50 or more employees, and drive a nice car. Mm -hmm. I will never forget who he was looking for to this day because of how specific he was. And I thought of two people right off the bat, and I'm like, wait, wait, one has 50, but they rent. They, they don't own the buildings. Is that okay? And like, I realized like the Jedi mind trick he just did on yeah. me at work. Like, he doesn't care, you know? It's like, it's someone that could hire him, right? Yeah. So when you niche down, um, mm. A, people remember it better. B, it's a, uh, it becomes your specialty. And now we mm -hmm. specialize in those mission moments right before the big ask at, at nonprofit galas. Mm -hmm. um, but C, the real reason is those are the stories that we want to tell selfishly. Like I left the news to tell the stories that were actually going to make an impact in the world that somebody could mm -hmm. watch and be inspired by, that somebody could be changed by. And now, like, you know, working with nonprofits from three years ago, four years ago, I'll, I'll some of those people leave and go to other nonprofits and remember us and call us up. And like, I remember I used to like the organization I worked for when mm -hmm. when uh, I, I signed up to work there and I saw your piece at a gala. And that's when I fell in love with the organization mm -hmm. because I understood the mission. And these were employees that had worked there and sacrificed their life and salary for this move. It didn't become clear until they saw a story of impact in mm -hmm. the proper order with the right emotion, with the right pauses. Like, yeah, you know, we, we we all have stories, but not every one of us knows how to like set it up to, to hold a room's attention. Right. Like I even yeah. struggle with that. I can do that in editing, but like it's hard. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's there's a structure to it. And um, if, if we apply that structure right, we can not only help the nonprofits raise more money, but we can help them get known, get awareness, get, mm. get, they don't have branding. It's frowned upon for them to really market. Like you give a dollar, they should give a dollar to the homeless. That's what we all think. Right. But like, 
Yeah. How is every other company successful? How's Wishups? How much marketing dollars have you put into this company yeah. uh, to make it successful? I found you on IG ad, right? Like, and if you weren't advertising, you know, the companies just roll over and die. So like, that yeah. that's why, like they, they need this and um, they need someone to tell them it's okay. <clears throat> it's okay to market. It's mm. okay to, to tell the stories of impact. Yeah, I've seen a couple of your videos and yes, even I was touched by it. <laughs> so I, I must say the storytelling element is really relevant or it's really relevant over there in the videos that you make. So how did you get the knack of storytelling? Like, were you always a storyteller or a good salesperson? I believe storytelling also, you need to be good at sales for it or you need to be a good narrator for it. So what skills did you have to develop to become a good storyteller? It was a process. It was a, it was a long process from failure, learning from failure mainly. And they just say, get out there and fail fast. And that's the difference between, you know, Abraham Lincoln, all these great people, um, and Steve Jobs, like they, they just, they fail and they fail fast. They fail forward, but they keep going. And most people mm -hmm. give up too soon. Right. So I think it's the same with storytelling. Um, I, when I started in 07, I was great at telling a story visually i knew how to do it i mean i wasn't great I, I grew into that myself like um from the movies i watched some of my favorite movies were like aliens and predator and like <laughs> don't they did not reveal the full breadth of the monster or the alien until the very end and i was like i want to do that with my with my videos right like <laughs> i don't want to show reveal the character's face until the end and that kind of inspired that and then when I worked for the news, it was totally backwards. They're like, what are you doing? You got to put those flames up front. I want to see the police cars and the, the shot up vehicle up front. Like we got to hold people's attention. And it's a 60 second piece. And I'm like, yeah. all right, it's a little different, but I learned from that too. And mm -hmm. uh, start. so now we start with the cold open. Um, between that and Gary Vee, you start with the cold open, you hook them and then you bring them along on that journey, right? So. Yeah. That was that was my expertise in storytelling, telling a story visually and somebody's walking here, they're sitting here, they're pondering, they're getting up, they're taking action next, right? That was my area of expertise. My business mm -hmm. partner, I call him my story architect here. He is the one that really uh, crafts the story with words. So when you have an interview like this one where we'll talk for 45 minutes an hour, yeah. you'll have a hundred, uh, you may have like 300 pages of transcript by the time you're done yeah. with that. Where do you start with that? <laughs> you know, yeah. How do you put that in a proper order in three minutes to, yeah. to effectively tell a story? So um, we we read a lot of books too. And one of them, mm. Donald Miller's Story Brand uh, was a big influence too. Uh, putting your client as a hero. Uh, we use that same sort of structure. And then mm. just cobbling together different sources. We've kind of stumbled into the story formula of, um, that Pixar uses, Disney Pixar, and they are mm -hmm. masters at this, right? Um, mm -hmm. There are seven elements to every successful Hollywood movie. And uh, if they deviate from that, it's it's not a successful movie. <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh, is it? Right? Um, but it works for TV shows too. And there's mm -hmm. one overarching for the whole movie or show, but then you'll look, every single scene has that same introduce a problem oh no how are we going to solve this it's not wrapped up to the end like if you ever mm -hmm. watch a show where they wrap up in the middle guess what changing the show right like that's it yeah hold that tension to the end so there's there's a specific formula they used mm -hmm. we just figured out how to reverse engineer it and put it with real people and then take that those questions and and engineer mm -hmm. them 
to get each of those elements that you see in a Hollywood movie in an actual real person interview to um, get the story out, extract the elements that we need, and then we'll put them in order later when we're sifting through 300 pages of transcripts, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a long story, Amazing. but a lot of different sources. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's so interesting for me to learn, actually. I had kind of a curveball question for you. So if, say, we had to prepare a video as such for Bishop, what would be the story that we could talk about? That's a great question that requires follow-up questions. So I would ask sure. you first, what would be the goal of said vid mm -hmm. uh, video? Say, getting more clients? Yes, of course. Getting more signups, clients just like yourself? <laughs> And then, uh, secondly, who is your target audience? Uh, American entrepreneurs from the age 30 to 45. So I think you just answered your own question. Um, we could do like a commercial and be like, oh, I see a guy with a laptop. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I wish somebody was here to help me with my business. Like you could do the cheesy <laughs> route. Uh, yeah. which is cool and would take it would be fun to produce and it would be nice but like at this point that is white noise and authenticity mm. rules so what i would recommend is finding that exact profile that you just talked about mm. and uh, uh putting them in an interview situation and then seeing what their experience is because that person's going to have the same problems that i as an entrepreneur have who may be looking for help or may not even know I need help, which I didn't know mm -hmm. I needed until like I saw an ad and I started thinking about it. Right. And, uh, like, you know, those everyday tasks that you struggle with, you know, um, I, I was really hung up on those and there were certain things that were just not my strength, but I wasn't ready for that full time employee to bring on. And like, where do you even start with interviewing and vetting? And I've been on indeed for so long and it's just, it's a struggle, right? Like, it is. I'm feeling that pain because I've been there. <laughs> so you want to interview somebody who looks and sounds like your ideal prospect. So if you have one of those that you, that is a client already for for profit, I tell them find somebody who's your ideal client already from within your ranks, who's had a good experience. We'll sit down and we'll talk with them, but not like, it's not going to be like, Oh, tell us about your experience with which it's going to be. Tell us your story. Tell us how you started this business, the blood, sweat, and tears that you put in it. Now tell me about mm -hmm. the struggles that you've had. They are the hero of the story. They have the same struggles that your target audience is going to have. And then mm -hmm. who do they look to for a solution to this? Their Yoda, their Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Their guide <laughs> here was yeah. Risha. And that's how we position it. The hero, you're just mm -hmm. hearing a story of somebody who looks and sounds like you, but surprise, there's a surprise guide in there that really helped them to where they mm. wanted to be, where they needed to be. So that's how I would position it. If we were going to uh, do a piece for Wish Up, find your ideal client, the one you want more of, talk to him, and then mm -hmm. uh, 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 create a piece centered around his story with a little bit of authority sprinkled in from you guys. And then mm -hmm. most businesses say, well, we actually have three targets, three verticals, at least, right? Like. Yeah. Who's your next one? Let's talk about them. Yeah. Guess what? That's a completely different video that's going to target a completely different and maybe in a completely different set of ad spend um, uh, demographics that you're going to put that in, right? So absolutely. Um, yeah. That's when we, whenever we work with corporate, it's always in uh, in retainer because they always have like more than one target audience that they're mm. trying to residential, commercial, uh, you Makes know, sense. like yeah. So that's 
that's my high level what I would go over on a discovery call with you and then amazing uh, yeah 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 I think I, I should take this up in Malaysia <laughs> you could definitely <laughs> consider making a, a video for my shop as well for sure yeah would love that dude <laughs> awesome uh, so Jason what's the biggest challenge that you faced uh, while creating a video for a client biggest challenge um i think the biggest challenges are always in the beginning where there's that education curve because they always want to do with what they know they always want to go with what they know so you know i had somebody email me the other day a nonprofit and they put out an rfp they wanted to interview 27 board members and i'm like why <laughs> do you want more board members what what's the goal here are you trying to yeah. attract more board members what what are you trying to do here and it, no no you know so the biggest hurdle is that education and getting them to trust us in our process in the first call and um it it's look no we're not going to talk to all 20 or 30 of your board members because i hate to say this but nobody cares i know it's your 30th i know it's your 40th i know it's your 75th anniversary guess what nobody cares you know who cares <laughs> your board. <laughs> yeah. The people who already support you and if you're trying to reach somebody who doesn't, let's tell a story of impact whether in in nonprofit or in for profit. Mm-hmm. Like how did you change this your client's life, the person you serve, their their life, nonprofit. Uh corporation, how did you make a difference in your customer's life? You know, like how what show me that story of impact on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that education, it's usually an hour long talk, sometimes it works. sometimes it doesn't um but you know that's that's usually the biggest challenge is just getting people to out of their comfort zone and like i mm-hmm. know you've done the scripted stuff before and uh it might have worked 20 years ago but we're hit with like 4 8 10,000 pieces of of advertising and marketing a day like down to your like your coffee mug or your starbucks mug like all absolutely Yeah. So what are you going to do to stand out in the white noise? Mm. Tell a story like everybody else. Where BS meters are through the roofs, right? So we <laughs> have to tell something that's going to resonate with people, that's going to be authentic, and that's that's real people's story. And that's um sometimes we'll even break the fourth, fourth wall and show the whole crew to show like, hey, this is a real person sitting in front of a real camera crew like we didn't make this up. This there's no script here, you know, like yeah. we go to great lengths to make sure that it's off it's authentic as possible down to like leaving ums and us in the video for mm. for certain segments a lot of those are chopped out to make people sound confident mm-hmm. sometimes you want that long pause where people are like oh, I, ne- i never really thought about it that way you know so just interest whatever we could do to make it authentic as possible mm. uh cool So that that's your challenge with the client. How 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 was it working through the pandemic for you? Did you face any challenges working through the pandemic and the recession which is currently in America? Oh yeah, pandemic was rough. It was uh it was just uh a lot of our stuff was based around live events and live events went away. So yeah. we kind of had to pivot. Everybody did virtual um you know sending crew for even a few brave companies who wanted to do it like sending crew you had to make sure your crew was okay with it um mm-hmm. but innovation was born out of that um mm-hmm. one because i had a big client a big brand name client that i did not want to miss out on and two days before the shoot 
I, I tested positive for COVID and I was like, I'm so lucky though that I had like, I have a solid crew and I sent two guys mm-hmm. up to Boston and uh, I invested in a teleprompter uh, and I, I gave them my iPad mm-hmm. and I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come through Zoom and the person's going to look at the camera, but I'm going to, they're just going to see me on a Zoom call. And by mm-hmm. that point we were starting to get so familiar with Zoom calls. What happened was crazy. Like they looked at the camera and they were comfortable looking directly at the camera, like, like I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. And I'm like, how are they even more comfortable than just looking at me in the room? And it works so well that uh, it's stuck. Now all of our interviews are, I come in on Zoom, even if I'm in the next room. And most of the time I'm in the next room <laughs> coming in on Zoom and I have them look directly at the camera, which is yeah. me on a Zoom call. And then there's another camera off to the side for like a tight close up for yeah, a yeah. or whatever. But like yeah. that changed our whole process. So it was tough, you know, like a couple pivots, some virtual events, innovation. Mm-hmm was all born out of that and uh, we survived, you know. Um, and as far as our session goes now, uh, maybe we will feel it, but it's business is like, is great for me. It's it's just about to start to be booming, you know. That's it, <laughs> so, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, that's a great good. story. I mean, even Vishap really picked up during the pandemic. It worked really well for us because <clears throat> everything went virtual. So when was the time? Like, when did you decide to hire a virtual assistant? Was it like after the pandemic or during uh, the pandemic? So I think I, I had invested in, we invested in an office space, uh, like 2019 and mm-hmm. we were kind of growing and expanding. We had a few temporary people in there. Um, and then the work kind of dried up. Um, but not really because of the pandemic, just because of being an entrepreneur and being uh, up and down, like with sales, like, yeah. like we're like, oh no, we got to sell and we sell, 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 sell. And then we're executing and we mm. forgot that we should be keep, we should keep selling. Right. Sell and it. then it was like, I had one, cause a lot of freelancers struggle with this too. It's like, oh, I'm so busy. Don't talk to me. Or does anybody love me? Like those are the two extremes <laughs> that you go through. And, um, I think for me, that was it. After the end of 2019, we had this office space. Nobody was in it. My son was born January 5th, 2020. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was, nobody was in the office for like six, eight months. And then when I came back, it was just me like once a week in there. I was like, is this space still worth it? Um, But at that point, we had gone through enough boom and bust cycles that I was like, that's it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I realized where I was lacking was follow-ups generating leads and follow-ups. And mm-hmm. I did not realize that virtual assistants would be able to generate leads for you. And uh, that was quite revolutionary to me, uh, that they could scour LinkedIn if you gave them a target audience and come up with yeah. a list of people way more than you'd be able to call in a day. Like Sid still adds that list every day. I'm like, bro, stop. Like, there's too many people. He's got like 300 per sheet and like four or five sheets. And I'm like, okay, wow. Slow down. So every day, like if, if there's no work, his default is to go and find more of the target audience. So um, yeah. that was revolutionary to me. But then also scheduling the call uh, mm. for me. And I like he's in my LinkedIn. So when I get somebody to the point where they're like, yeah, that'd be great. Have a call. Awesome. Uh, what's a good this these days work for me? What's a good email address for you? I have somebody from my team send it up. And then, you know, Sid's in there, he takes over yeah. as me and he's like, 
we've got Tuesday between three and four Eastern, and uh, he'll he'll send the invite and uh, set it up so it reminds both of us, and then we'll get on. And I say, okay, we have to take notes. I go in HubSpot and take notes, so he'll create the profile for me with their link to their mm-hmm. profile uh, in LinkedIn, and then start uh, start filling out that profile for me that that client prospect profile, and then I'll take notes or I'll record the call and then have him take some shorthand notes uh, from the recording and uh, everything just goes into a process now. And mm-hmm. he helps me with the follow-ups. Um, and that that's that was key for me, like having a sales assistant. But then like mm-hmm. also when uh, prospects turn into customers, it was another yeah. bottleneck for me. I was like, I've got three people who want contracts. I can't even write them up right now. So I yeah. trained him how to write our SOWs and we, the key was making them very, very uh, boilerplate. So mm-hmm. there's a few things that change, like the dates and the amounts and the date due dates of, of payments and stuff, but they're all in like double bold. So Sid mm-hmm. can go through and replace the double bold based mm-hmm. off of the, uh, the formula we've created. So like if you want to book a shoot tomorrow, it takes three weeks to get uh, everybody together for a pre-production call. Then another three weeks to find the person you're gonna interview. Then another three weeks for production. So like all of that was built into a formula that Sid's able to follow. And we even have an Excel sheet. So like if their production date is this day, their deliverable date is gonna be this day and fills out the contract based on that. So there are a couple of things that happen simultaneously, but uh, one was, was filling, bringing on someone, a contractor to help with our process. And once we did that, a lot of the stuff I passed off to my VA became a lot easier. Like, hey, we need an SOW, this amount, this start date, go. And like, that could be a voice note, right? And all of a sudden yeah. I have a draft in 30 minutes in my my Slack of, of the contract that I can send. And there's a few tweaks, well, right? But voice notes. And then I send yeah. those, those out. It's, okay, Jason, they signed the SOW. Um, you know what to do next. And he does the invoicing where the line item is for that package, right? And and wow. asks them for their billing address and stuff and fills yeah. that out in QuickBooks and then sends that off to them. And then they'll be like, hey, this guy hasn't paid yet. You want me to ping him with the reminder? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes, okay, let's take the part where you say you're going to break their kneecaps out, Sid. And then uh, <laughs> he's always oh. nice. But... Jason, I- You've given me so many new ideas. I didn't know you could use a virtual assistant for so many different tasks as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's either. amazing. We, we come up with new stuff all the time. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I mean, you literally automated your whole business. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I can just see the benefit for you as well from a point of view of a busy entrepreneur because these are the tasks that would usually otherwise slow you down. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if you would have to do all these tasks or uh, your partner would have to do these tasks. But yeah. That's amazing. I think we yeah, can use this as a case study for Vishup as well. <laughs> I'll tell you two more things kind of weird. One really weird thing I have him doing now is um, our LinkedIn posts. I have a copywriter write those posts every day and he interviews yeah. me weekly and then he writes uh-huh. posts for the week out in a format that people will understand. I read hmm. something on LinkedIn where they said ascending text and descending text really works to capture the eye. So mm-hmm. like maybe one word here, two words here, three words yeah. here. Four. So like really draws yeah, yeah, you yeah. in to read. The, yeah. So I'm like, said, so you want to take a stab at this? <laughs> so <laughs> now he's creating this word art for me on LinkedIn. Oh, uh, beautiful. That's people's eye where you want it to go, right? <laughs> and um, 
the other thing was um, when I first started my business in 07, I, I did a lot of it on uh, personal credit and that destroyed my personal credit. That business destroyed my personal credit. Um, mm -hmm. Sid, Sid has been helping me with just the credit cleanup. On, uh, mm -hmm. And this is like outside of a scope of work, but just something like, yeah, whatever you need, man. Like, all right, you, mm. you treat me like business, part of the business, I'm going to treat you like. So um, even just down to the tips of like, we need to call this creditor or send them a letter and we need to talk to this person too. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's as when we're looking, my wife and I are looking for a house, like that's something that we need to clean up. But he's like, you know what? I have this, this secret skill. I used to work for a collection company they are the devil don't work for them <laughs> but, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to cut that out but um, he, he he's, uh, said here here are some tips that I've learned so he's been helping me and like in a setup on Experian and and uh, three credit card companies to mm -hmm. to do that and uh, I was able to justify that as a business expense using some of his time for that because the business is the one who used my personal credit and like brought it down got like, you there yeah so um I've been able to get it way back up uh, since, but there's just a few things, a few items like letters, contact uh, mm -hmm. stuff, people we have to contact to finish cleaning it up. But like, that was a daunting task for me that had been sitting there idle for years. And yeah. even I found that even if the VA isn't or wasn't an expert like Sid is in this area, like to have somebody tasked with that and to hold you accountable for what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's huge. Sometimes you just need that push, that accountability. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think we all need a VA now in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I got two. <laughs> oh, you got two from from Visha? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Who's the other one? You got the other one? I can't tell you about the other one. He's my secret VA. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know about the other one. The other one's Devish. Um, Devish, and, okay. Uh, he specializes in SEO, ad spend, and uh, basically. Oh our markets so um he's been holding my feet to the fire about getting him blogs new blogs that uh content marketing and yeah and have keywords. Our keywords. yeah he's been yeah. researching keywords our keywords nice. but then change them to the trending keywords what's hot yeah and i noticed that those get updated every month he suggested mm. that i take my linkedin posts and post them to our google profile and i was like that's weird and then he explained it that like it's good mm. for google to see activity on your profile so like if you look us up beard and bowler you'll see like all of my linkedin posts there and there's activity mm -hmm. with legit five days yeah. a week on google um, that's so my business rankings, you're talking about google, uh, my business? Yeah, google my business yeah it's yeah. photos and bad videos um so our rankings have gone up on on google and seo and mm. uh, if I can get it together, I'm looking at like a second copywriter now to help keep up with, with the demands that he has for me. But again, well, it's the accountability to just like, I need those blogs. Let's, let's keep writing. Yeah. Uh, let's keep doing stuff. Right now, we, we, we just launched a YouTube shorts campaign yesterday. Because apparently oh, beautiful. that's pretty yeah. hot. And uh, yeah. they, the beauty of shorts is they're like Instagram stories, but they live there. And if you mm. tag them properly, good seo yeah. for the second most popular search engine in the world so um now he's tagging them up before we post them on on youtube and handling that for us so uh and even the, the closed captioning he's helping us out with so yeah that's uh that's my secret secret weapon right there damage that's amazing yeah i've seen your linkedin game and it's really like a notch above all so yeah i've been taking a few tips from your linkedin game 
<laughs> biggest tip don't try and do it yourself <laughs> hire an expert to help yeah. yeah absolutely yeah we, we've been behind nilesh to hire a copywriter as well so i'm going to show him this podcast and i'm going to tell him <laughs> nilesh you need a copywriter right now and it's not even <laughs> just to write random stuff like all the stuff is people are like whoa what happened like it's it's really i don't know how you said it but like it was so it is all my words it is just mm. put the same way like we do for now exactly it's the exact same thing but we don't yeah. do that with with short form social media posts like we needed an expert so like it's their yeah. story but instead of 45 minutes of raw footage you're seeing the three minutes of select in the right order that's going to help you understand better their story yeah. so my call today with the copywriter is going to be like 30 minutes and he'll have a couple of questions and i'll ramble on like i'm doing now about business life and the other and he takes yeah. that part and puts it in the right order where people in a consumable format the emojis yeah. proper spaces and breaks to, yeah. so people can consume that when they're doing the scroll feed and just kind of like yeah. skimming your post right yeah and then he's like get get a selfie like i'm like a selfie he's like yep uh still pictures are working best right now i'm like yeah so only that's yeah, what, yeah. that's what it is but i'm like if i didn't have that accountability of him interviewing mm. me weekly it just wouldn't get done like so it's on the calendar you know using weekly and then mondays we set up a time to go over the posts and mm-hmm. there's a few technical things that i adjust probably because i didn't answer them well in the first question but like that's the process so yeah i knowing all that goes into creating a post mm-hmm. i'm like i don't know why i ever thought i could do this myself <laughs> awesome. and stand yeah. out still you know it looks easy yeah i mean from the offset it does look like a small task like doesn't require much but there's actually a science that goes into it yeah 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 exactly down to the formatting i found out <laughs> yeah so, so yeah. what's your take jason on remote work like you already have two vas i think your copywriter also is virtual right uh, remote yeah. Yeah. yeah so would you consider hiring or maybe making your whole company and let's say beard and bowler goes to 10 million a year revenue company in the next year would you consider hiring a all of your employees virtual assistants like remote work or would you still stick to the current format of having them in house uh, so i only have two guys that are in house and at the off- i'm not even at the office but they're at the office right now and mm-hmm. uh there's there's nothing quite like that person person uh experience and collaboration and i don't the key is i don't force them to be there because i know this topic is hot and like mm. one of my posts got featured on linkedin news and i had these random people like you're everything that's wrong with america and i'm like bro i don't force them to go to the office they like going to the office because it's like yeah. less distracting than living with their roommates or their family like they like that focused time and the mm-hmm. culture we've built it's like two three o'clock it's like all right guys screening time we all gather around one editor's computer and like yeah let's let's watch watch this and offer suggestions so those are exciting yeah. times like we'll get lunch together yeah but 50 more than 50 of, of our workforce is remote right now mm. um even our business development guy we hired he's in mississippi now from new jersey but in mississippi and uh yesterday i was like i gotta go uh kwami insisted on getting some jamaican food today uh, some caribbean food today so uh, i gotta go eat and he's like oh man i'm so jealous i'm like don't forget we're working towards getting you here But, um, yeah i think there's a good mix to have like some some people should be remote and um mm. and some people should be in person especially when it's something highly technical like video editing 
and mm-hmm. video editing the way that we do it, which is two or three notches above the standard. Um, mm-hmm. not, not saying that to brag, but like we have a very, I hold myself to that high standard. So, um, yeah, it's just to stand out. So I think some people should be in person, but even that team is just like, Hey, I, I'm going to need to work from home day today. And I'm like, dude, I understand. I'm here with my three-year-old screaming right now. So like you take, you want two or three days, you work from home two or three days. And I think it's important to have that flexibility. Um, and then seeing what the team wants, like they could work from home five days a week. Right. But, uh, they yeah. like to be in the office, but having that flexibility, I think is huge. Absolutely. Uh, well, Jason, this was an amazing podcast. I, I got to learn a lot and I, I had fun, uh, having this podcast with you. Good time. I hope you enjoyed it as well. So before you leave, uh, Jason, I'd just like to ask you, how was your experience or how has your experience been so far working with Bishop, like the entity as a whole? Uh, it's been solid. Like there's, there's been no complaints. Like I, I've had a great experience. Um, like I, I saw that Instagram ad and I haven't looked back since. And, uh, you know, uh, just the compliments that I get. Uh, my copywriter, my LinkedIn copywriter, like he's, mm-hmm. he's based in the UK and he's like, mate, Sid is so amazing. Where did you, I don't know where you found it. This guy does everything I need. Like, and then my cinematographers, cause now he's coordinating, helping to coordinate with shoots and he's got everybody on the calendar. So like, cause there's six people that come and some of them are freelancers. Right. So mm-hmm. he has a calendar for each to see when they're available. And then he'll just automatically pass that on to the client, our availability. Right. And a mm-hmm. uh, cinematographer jokes like, I can't wait for that day where we get to travel to India and have a shoot there. We get to meet Sid and uh, we're going to arrive at the airport. There's going to be like six dudes and we're going to be like, hey, which one of you is Sid? And they're going to be like, we are all Sid. <laughs> because <laughs> I told you, you do have quite a few Sids out here. It's like just because it feels like he does the work of 10 men sometimes. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a huge help and like he's involved in almost every aspect of the business now and like has built up that trust so like there are certain Mm -hmm. things that just down to payroll like he runs payroll for us right Mm -hmm. he gathers the hours and if if people don't have their hours in on time like he'll ping them and be like he'll gather the invoices like how the invoices go to him so uh, a lot of things would fall apart if he uh if he wasn't here so it's it's been integral now it's an integral part that i don't know if we can do without um mm-hmm. in the company so that's amazing jason yeah that, that's i mean what we strive for that was the mission of uh Nilesh and vivek when they started our bishop to not only provide a uh, good quality lifestyle for uh the indian virtual assistants but also to make life easier for entrepreneurs all across the world yeah. so these kind of reviews really help us uh, affirm that we are doing a good job. Yeah, I love this mission. And I think he should speak on that more too when he talks about how most people would have to move to the city to get a job, mm-hmm. a decent yeah. job. And now they could stay in their village and they could, all that pay just trickles down to their guy. Apparently, everybody in India has a guy. So I'm like, I got to step my game up. <laughs> but like, <laughs> go trend, trickles down to everybody in the household, right? Uh, yeah the village itself so what they what they've created is um, what you guys have created is pretty pretty awe-inspiring i think too to to that so um yeah you know and the only thing i would say is like don't 
limited. I know in the beginning um, they were saying like, what's what's the scope of work for them? And I'm like, it's this. And that has evolved so much as I've just yeah. like passed off like, but can you do this? But can you do this? Can you do this? Even if he can't, he'd be like, I will try, Jason. <laughs> you know, like it's just like that That's attitude. It. Like he he will try. So like the yeah. scope has gone from like here, what I originally thought to here. So um, yeah, I mean, feel free to. I, I would just tell people feel free to experiment and see how much you can you can give to them. Um, to yeah, let you know if their bandwidth is too much but awesome awesome jason thanks so much for your kind words and for the amazing interview once again and i wish you all the best for future and hopefully you grow to a 100 million dollar revenue company and you outsource all your virtual assistants from bishop <laughs> nice. i could use another one soon i think <laughs> but uh yeah we'll see <laughs> all right awesome thanks jason for your time and uh, speak soon all right take care